Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tramel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, as health advocates sound alarm about the state's growing drug overdose statistics. So we think that this may be a signal that we um, that overdoses and potentially suicide deaths are going to rise. So we want to intervene now while we can. New reporting shows the chairman of the University of Florida Board of Trustees was a back channel to the governor's office. Not every single university in the state has to follow the same procedures, but it shows that the university was offering deference to um, Governor DeSantis. And Governor DeSantis's open invitation is catching on as another conservative political commentator announces plans to make the Sunshine State home. Yes, it is true. I am moving to the great, to the free, and the alligator-filled state of Florida. We have two Sunrise interviews for you today. First up is Corbin Bolas, a reporter with Fresh Take Florida who uncovered University of Florida Board of Trustees chairman was a back channel to the governor's office in deciding whether university classes should go online when the Delta variant was surging. Also, we have Melanie Brown Woofter, president and CEO of the Florida Behavioral Health Association, who is here to talk about the alarming rise in drug-related deaths and tips for being vigilant about holiday stressors that can trigger anxiety and depression. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. The following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Everyone loves a win-win, and if you're a fan of sports betting, you can win-win too. Billions of dollars for education, legal sports betting for you. We're Florida Education Champions and our petition brings competition and choice to legal sports betting in Florida and gives all the tax revenue to public education. That's a win for you and our kids. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at floridaeducationchampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, December 14th. On this day in 1985, Wilma Mankiller became the first woman ever to serve as chief of a major Native American tribe when she was sworn in as principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. On this day in 2012, a mass shooting in Newtown, Connecticut left 28 people dead, including 20 children from Sandy Hook Elementary School and the 20-year-old shooter Adam Lanza, who killed himself. On Monday, a memorial with 3,000 vases spread across Bayfront Park in downtown Miami was set up to shine a spotlight on gun violence. Each vase represented a Floridian who died in a shooting last year. The event was organized by gun control advocacy group Gifford Courage, led by former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords. Democratic Congresswoman Val Demings, who is running for U.S. Senate against Republican Marco Rubio, accused him of doing nothing to curb gun violence. Rubio previously called Demings a do-nothing Democrat. Demings received the endorsement of Gifford. A former attorney for the Florida Elections Commission has pleaded guilty to child pornography charges and faces up to 20 years in prison. 
On Monday, Eric Lippman pleaded guilty to conspiring to distribute, receive, and possess material constituting child pornography and distributing those materials. Lippman is 59 years old and was the top attorney for the Elections Commission, which investigates and prosecutes election law and campaign finance violations. Between February 8th and February 11th, Lippman and others traded and discussed pornographic images and videos of children on mega.nz chat groups according to a statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Mega.nz is an internet cloud storage and file hosting service based in New Zealand. Conservative political commentator and talk show host Dave Rubin says he's calling it quits with his state of California and is coming to join us all here in Florida. Yes, that's right. We have movers in my house right now. I'm out of here in a couple days. This has been a long time coming. Uh, I tried my best to save California. California does not want to be saved. Rubin is taking part in what some dub as the blue state exodus for those who've decided to leave Democratic states in favor of Republican-controlled states. Conservative media giant Ben Shapiro also did something similar, switching from California to Florida. My entire team. Connor, you still coming? Connor's coming. I got the thumbs up. Michael, you're still coming. Miami Mike's coming. Uh, My entire team is moving to Florida with me. This was no uh, easy feat, but everyone's excited to get the hell out of here and go to a place where our talents and skills and passions will be rewarded and a place that is more in line with the things that we believe. But you have to note, Florida has an appeal to all. Just ask Pitbull, who used to market our sexy beaches to the world. And you can also ask all the snowbirds. Then there are all those people who are working remotely, ditching their winterized states for year-round fun in the sun. But Rubin credits Governor DeSantis for making Florida even more appealing to him and his crew. The Florida House has removed Republican Representative Anthony Sabatini from a House panel for unexcused absences from interim meetings for the upcoming legislative session. Sabatini of Howie and the Hills has been publicly feuding with House Republican leadership. He was marked absent at two children families senior subcommittee meetings this year without being excused. Under House rules, committee members are allowed one excused absence on any given committee. Taking two unexcused absences results in a member's automatic removal. Sabatini, who is running in the Republican primary to challenge Democratic U.S. Representative Stephanie Murphy's re-election, has sparred with Speaker Sprouse, calling him a rhino, a Republican in name only. For more on this story, visit floridapolitics.com. The Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act passed by Congress contains $65 billion to give every American affordable access to broadband internet service. The need is pronounced in Florida's small rural towns where reliable internet can be hard to find. When the world was thrust into doing everyday business online instead of in person, Julio Fuentes with the Florida State Hispanic Chamber of Commerce says it exposed problems with lack of access that have been around for many years. According to research from the group Broadband Now, affordability is Florida's most pressing problem, as fewer than 6 in 10 Floridians have access to a low-cost internet service plan. A study by the Global Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development found the U.S. has the second-highest broadband costs in the developed world. 
New reporting from Fresh Take Florida shows the chairman of the University of Florida Board of Trustees, Maury Hossini, was a back channel to Governor Ron DeSantis' staff when administrators were considering temporarily moving some classes online due to a surge in the pandemic. Reporter Corbin Bolas covered the story and is here to tell us all about it. Corbin Bolas, welcome back to Sunrise. How are you? I'm doing quite well this Monday morning. How are you doing? I am doing well. However, the University of Florida continues to be in the news in not a good way. And I see you've been covering the latest where the University Board of Trustees chairman and his proximity to the governor's office when it comes to certain decision making regarding the pandemic and whether or not to have classes online or in person. Tell us about it. Yes. So I had submitted a public request in August following universities initial decision and the backtracking of it to move classes online for the first three weeks of the semester amid an ongoing COVID-19 wave. So just recently, I was able to get these text messages back, and I was able to find that President Kent Fox of the University of Florida had sent um, some of his draft statements to the board chairman, um, who then forwarded that to the governor's office. Um, So that was keeping them in the loop. And Maury Hosini, who is a um, very big DeSantis supporter, has held fundraisers for him and led um, his transition campaign. It shows how, in light of all of that, they've continued a close relationship, even in his official capacity as the Board of Trustees chairman. So what does this mean, this information that you found? One thing that sticks out is just how close the university leadership depended or sought approval from the governor's office before taking action? So it shows here that state universities, while they are state funded, they don't have as much autonomy as one might have thought they would, um, especially during ongoing public health crises. Um, Not every single university in the state has to follow the same procedures, but it shows that the university was offering deference to um, Governor DeSantis, um, even as the local county, Alachua County, was battling a COVID-19 wave fueled by the Delta variant. So it shows that there is um, that continued deference to play that we've seen now throughout the fall semester, including with the blocking of political science professors from testifying in a case that might have been adverse to the state of Florida. Um, it, just, it, it continues those ongoing questions of academic freedom. And with that, how is it on the University of Florida campus? And with that, how is it on the university campus? You are part of the University of Florida. What is it like to be in the spotlight like this? How do you feel reporting on your university, considering the actions taken by the chairman? So in working here at the University of Florida, it has definitely been a tense semester, um, especially being our first in-person semester to have multiple stories reflecting on the university in this way has definitely sparked a lot of conversation um, between students and faculty um, being framed in this way. Like, even if not all faculty or students agree with what the university has done, um, can be a little um, surprising, um, disheartening almost. Um, but it's so important to be talking about those things and to figure out what is going on behind these decisions um, to figure out Who's making them? Is it the university? Is it the university administration? Or are they paying deference to a larger entity, in this case, Governor DeSantis? So that's why I am fortunate to be able to do this reporting to show that 
there is that line of communication here. Um, and it shows that university may not be making all of its decisions solely fueled by the well-being of students and faculty. Well, Corbin Bolas, thank you for your always intrepid reporting and all the great work you and your colleagues do over there at Fresh Take Florida. Keep up the great work and thank you for your time. I appreciate it, Sean. Have a great day. Thanks to Corbin Bolas at Fresh Take Florida, a new service of the University of Florida Journalism and Communications. Here's your calendar of events. Happy birthday is in order for House Speaker Chris Sprouls and Representative David Barrero. St. Petersburg's next mayor is meeting with Joe Biden administration officials today at the White House. The transition team for St. Petersburg Mayor-elect Ken Welch is joining other mayors and mayors-elect to meet with key White House officials and cabinet secretaries to discuss the bipartisan new infrastructure law, the American Rescue Plan, as well as the Build Back Better agenda and other federal priorities that affect local government. The Education Estimating Conference is meeting at 9 this morning to review the Florida college system. Miami-Dade's legislative delegation is meeting at 9.30 in Miami. Visit Florida is having a Zoom meeting at 10. Citizens Property Insurance Corporation is having several committee meetings starting at 1. And Representative Nick DeSegli is hosting a fundraising event and Christmas party at 5.30 at Bascom's Chop House in Tampa. DeSegli is running for state senate in District 24. Incumbent Jeff Brandis is vacating due to term limits. Data recently released by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement paints a concerning picture about drug-related deaths in Florida. There was an increase by 17% in 2020. That is 2,134 more deaths over the same time period in 2019. And 6,089 opioid-caused deaths which is a 42% increase. Above all this, there are concerns around holiday stressors triggering anxiety and depression. To help tackle these issues, we're joined by Florida Behavioral Health Association President and CEO, Melanie Brown-Woofter. Melanie Brown-Woofter, welcome to Sunrise. How are you? Great, how are you? And thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I see there are some data released by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement showing drug overdose cases on the rise. What does this indicate to you? What it's showing us was a reflection of what's happening today in which we've seen um, a large increase in um, opioid-related deaths and drug overdoses in general uh, in the state of Florida uh, during this pandemic period. So this was over the last year. And we're concerned about this for a number of reasons. One is that obviously, uh, you know, more individuals are um, engaging in drug use, perhaps as a means to cope with the uncertainty that we're in now, uh, both economic as well as looking to the future. Um, we're also concerned because previously we, we've had, um, you know, worldwide disasters or, or um, large scale um, problems like the world wars and the Great Depression, we see an increase the year after that ends. And so we think that this may be a signal that we um, that overdoses and potentially suicide deaths are going to rise. So we want to intervene now while we can. And in intervening now, how do you tackle this problem? That's a great question. And it takes it's it's a multi-pronged approach. We have we'll have multiple partnerships in the community and across our state to look at both treatment services, look at prevention around young people and adults, um, educating our medical professionals, 
as well as our mental health treatment professionals and substance use treatment providers, and including law enforcement and local um, uh, business communities and, and uh, local officials as well, because law enforcement is, is often the first ones to respond um, when there has been um, an overdose or, you know, becomes involved because of the substances that are that are um, involved. So we certainly want to work closely with, with those folks. And these are um, everyday people can do simple things. Reach out, you know, have a conversation, say hello, talk to that family member that you haven't talked to in a while, talk to your neighbor. Um, maybe it's a friend that you haven't communicated with, but just say hello and how are you? Uh, and, and especially if you are seeing signs that there may be something going on in their life, maybe their sleep patterns have changed, maybe they've lost weight or gained weight, maybe they're not participating in family events like they used to. Um, and some of the changes can be very small. Maybe your teenagers are locking themselves in the room and not wanting to come out, um, you know, or maybe they are, you know, out with their friends more than their home. Um, you know, there's just, there's several things to look at and, and early intervention is key. We are in the midst of the holiday season, which for many, it's the most joyous time of the year. But for some, it could be the saddest time of the year. As you prepare for what may be a wave next year, what recommendations do you have for those trying to get through this holiday season? Oh, you're absolutely right. This is a time of joy and celebration, but it also can be a time of immense sadness and, and increasing that feeling of isolation or, or being alone. And so again, you know, be kind, um, reach out, um, even if it's somebody that you, you know, don't even know and, and, and just saying hello um, in the grocery store or uh, in the park. And, and for people who are starting to feel those holiday blues, um, things like listening to music, um, you know, your favorite music, getting outside, taking a walk, light exercise, um, finding someone to have a conversation with. And if you feel a need to do that, you don't want to talk to someone you know about it, we have text lines um, and um, phone lines, you know, not, uh, 800 numbers that you can call and actually talk to a professional. And if you access these crisis lines, it doesn't go on your medical record and you can be anonymous or you can give your name, but it's someone that you can talk to to help. And if you don't want to call, you can text. Um, there's text lines available too, because a lot of, you know, today's youth and, and younger folks are, are more comfortable texting than they are having a conversation. But we just want you to know that help is just a few clicks away either on your keyboard or, you know, to have that conversation and, and someone can help you sort through what's going on and, and give you some additional interventions that, that can help you. So Melanie Brown-Woofter, what are some resources? Where can people go to get more information and just get more help? Um, yeah, so um, our Florida's First Lady, Casey DeSantis, has a Hoop for Healing website that has additional information on it, as well as if you go to the Florida Behavioral Health Association website, each of our members that are located from Pensacola to Key West have crisis lines available. Thank you again for joining the program, and I wish you a wonderful holiday season. You have a wonderful holiday as well. Thank you for bringing this important issue to, um, to your show. Thank you. Our pleasure. Governor Ron DeSantis is giving out a bit of a bonus to state workers by adding two additional days off this holiday season, in addition to Christmas, New Year's Eve, and Day. State workers will get December 23rd and December 30th off as well. DeSantis said, The First Lady and I are thankful for the dedication of our state employees as we continue to put freedom first in Florida. 
And that brings us to our programming note. Sunrise is taking a brief break through the Christmas holiday, but will return shortly and back in regular rotation after the holiday crunch. So as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in to Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes, inviting you to join us again soon for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.